Hi everyone, welcome to yet another podcast, Beautiful Voices with Elaine Chiesa. And today we're going to be having a podcast called Voices in Climate. So the discussion today basically will be discussing about the impact of climate change on women and trying to come up with, you know, solutions on how we can do with the issue of climate change and women and we have a better impact in our different communities and as a country and maybe at the international level as well. Women and children are usually hit hard by climate change. However, it's time for women to be active in coming up with mitigating, mitigating measures in dealing with climate change. This means that women should always be on the forefront in the decision-making around climate change. Climate change brings within a number of effects on women, and these include food scarcity. Uh, In most cases, women tend to starve themselves so that the children and the husband are given food and and they get the first priority in terms of eating. Hence, this has a nutritional effect on the women because the nutritional needs of women are usually neglected in terms in times when there is food scarcity. And malnutrition usually hits the children, and the women have to try and be at the burden of ensuring that the children have access to a balanced meal, as well as taking care of the children. Uh, in ensuring that if the children are not feeling well, the women have the role to check and ensure that the, the children are well fed and at least they have something to eat. And usually as women, they're the ones who children will come to crying to say, Mommy, I'm hungry. Mom, I'm hungry. Mama, Dani, Zara. And these are some of the things that, you know, women have to face each and every day. And with you know, climate change, in case of food scarcity, it means that women are going to have these difficult times whenever they're trying to take care of their children, meaning that it's going to bring on on more unpaid care work for women. And this shows that climate change affects women um, very bad. And another point that we have to take into consideration is in case of scarcity of water, it means that there's going to be unavailable there's going to be an unavailability of clean water, clean and safe water. And um some of the water sources in terms of um scarcity of water, that means women have to walk for a long distance in search of water. And in some cases there'll be some of them will be heavily pregnant, some of them will be carrying a baby on their back, but they have to ensure that there is at least availability of water within their different households, meaning that it's going to be a burden as well on women, especially on the part of unpaid care work, because if usually they would do their house chores in maybe let's, let's say three hours, it means that the unpaid care work is going to increase to maybe something to six to seven hours, because now they have to take another part of their life into going deep down there to search for clean and safe water to drink so that the families can be able to survive so that there is water to drink within a household. 
So then in terms of flooding, this is also another part of, you know, it's not always, always just the water scarcity, but there's also the terms of flooding. That means some of the water sources uh, during the flood, they'll be contaminated. Uh, so this leaves women as well with the load of dealing with the water crisis because if if water is now contaminated, it means that women now need to know where to like which place or which area they can get safe and clean water so that the family, you know, the husband and the, and the children can be able to consume. And um, these are some of the things that women have to go through each and every day. Uh, especially in areas where there is uh, maybe there are floods or there is water scarcity. So the issue of water will always come in as long as uh, there is maybe a drought or there are floods in a year. To add on, another point that we have to take into consideration is the increase in gender-based violence. And as a nation, and nationwide, the efforts to place a reduction in gender-based violence in the public and private places has been on the increase. However, sexual gender-based violence is rampant at water points like boreholes. Um, many women have faced the challenge of being sexually abused or harassed so as to have access to water. Bowl marshals have emerged taking advantage of the situation and the distressed uh, water seekers. And in some instances, women are being raped after just um, collecting water. Some are being raped before even collecting water because of the distances they have to go um, through trying to get the precious liquid. And some of the men, they are taking this as an advantage to exploit women. And at the end, it's really disadvantaging the women and it's leaving women vulnerable because they need this precious water. After maybe standing in the line for something like three hours, you then cannot go back home without water because maybe a, a, a boho marshal, you know, made certain advances. So then this makes it then a challenge for most women because, and for girls, because at times they're not maybe empowered enough for them to say no and to even know the procedures on how best they can get help in such circumstances. And even for them to know the places or organizations that they can be able to rope in so that they can be able to get help. So yeah. In terms of climate change, it has an impact on women usually because there is that aspect of an increase in gender-based violence. And it's not always just the sexual gender-based violence. At times it comes in as gender-based violence physically, whereby after taking a longer time at a bowl or at a collection water, water point, that means that at times those who remain back at home might not be able to understand why one took too long before coming back home with the water. And in some instances, now we're talking about a case where by one goes to fetch water and they meet a more marshal who makes sexual, sexual advances and then they say no and they stand their ground and they go back home without water. And imagine how this is going to be at home after maybe you've spent something like three or four hours 
away from home, saying that you're going to collect water. Then you come back without the water and just saying that you had this challenge. And usually it doesn't end well in most families because it will look like the, the lady or the, the women or the children, they are you know playing tricks or something like that. Um, they're taking advantage of having, you know, this water point too far or this long queues to do, you know, other other things or being promiscuous or, you know, something like that, something that he does. So at the end of the day, being affects women because they they have to go through the most for them to be able to get the water. They have to go through the most in terms of the time that is consumed within their day so that they can just get water. And the time is not, as a family, you just don't need a 20 liter bucket to be able to, you know, get water for everyone within a household. At times you need more than that. So that means that there's going to be a lot of violations within areas to do with gender. And at the end of the day, it's really affecting women. And um, another point that we also have to take into consideration is the increase on unpaid care work. So um, the multiple indicator cluster survey of 2019 indicates that there is still limited access to water. Um, and it gives uh, the statistics that 87% of urban areas spend 30 minutes fishing water per day, while 57% of rural folks spend between 31 minutes to three hours just trying to get water. So this means um, that there is also that gap between the urban and the rural, meaning that the, the physical or the geographical location also affects in terms of the access to water, uh, meaning that climate change will even make this situation more intense. And um, this has also re resulted in the wastage of productive time with these people in search of water and for this precious liquid so that they can be able to use within their different households. Hence, something else that we also need to consider is the aspect of sleep deprivation in most of these women. Because trying to draw this jigsaw puzzle, trying to figure out where are you going to get the water, where are you going to get the food, you know, so that the family is well, you know, nourished, to, they get something to eat. It means that it's going to give less time for women, less time for women to sleep, hence resulting in, you know, that, that mind, that refreshing mind for them each and every day or for them at the evening. But they generally don't just get the time to rest or time to have a recollection of their minds or just a time out to say that they need time to rest because the environment is not permitting. So then um, I managed to come up with a few contributions that women can make in terms of climate change and how better they can make a contribution towards positive, towards positive action in climate change. So, uh, one, there is care for it. They should be able to start uh, afforestation and reforestation um, 
you know, within the community or society so that they can be able to grow more trees, more um, indigenous trees, more exotic trees within their different areas so that there are more trees within the, the community. And if there are more trees, that means that they're not really going to have challenges with looking for firewood. And that means that if they start this care forest, they can even be able to make use of those um, total stores which don't even need those matanda uh, maombe in terms of them, you know, starting a fire, but they just need those small um, firewood, those tutsoto, whenever they are making use of those tools. So I think with such care forest, that means they'll take care of the forest while it's just, with what is just pruned from those trees, they can be able to use that for firewood whenever they need to, to do the cooking and with the total stores, it can be able to be more impactful and they can be able to provide for their families. And something else that um, is of positive contribution is the starting of each every in every household having a septic tank so that they can be able to generate their own source of energy in terms of cooking they can be able to make use of those those septic tanks and make their own uh household biogases so that they can be able to you know make energy for themselves at home and this helps them not to go you know in far away places in such a firehood this would definitely help them in reducing unpaid care work within different households and another thing that can bring a positive contribution is just having, generally just having uh, women mentors or role models within the sphere of climate change that are able to motivate other women on coming up with climate change positive contributions within their different areas. Uh, this is, you know, through in, this is needed through engaging with uh, different women who have drive for tangible policy change in climate, and those who have raised awareness in climate justice from the local to the international level. In Zimbabwe, we have the likes of Rosalie Ushere Konze, who is doing much on open pollinated varieties, and we have um, and we have Natalie. Guatirisa, who is also uh, a climate justice advocate, who is doing much in you know around issues to do with climate, and we also have uh, this one I found here online. She her name is Shido Guatirisa. She is also an advocate for women's rights and climate justice activist. She believes that women need should be included in national and regional dialogues regarding water and sanitation and self environment that ensure that sanitation, their sanitation needs are provided for. And I also found out about Diana Harawa, who is um, a youth development worker uh, based in Harare. And her work is there to ensure that there is immense participation, engagement, and inclusion of youth 
in climate justice agenda, not just as a vulnerable group, but as key partners. Uh, she's currently conducting a research that will bring attention to the lived realities of youth and the strategies that they are employing in addressing different climate change related challenges within their communities. And I think we need more female champions within the area of climate change who can be able to help in ensuring that in terms of policy, the policy around climate change favors more on women and we also need more of them who can be able to go around in communities and bring women together so that women can be able to better know what is really climate change, how then does it really impact us as communities, how then does it really impact us as individuals and how then does it impact us as at international level and how best can we as women be able to take our different roles and our different responsibilities in ensuring that climate change does not really have much of an impact on us, but we are ready as a nation or as a community. So I think we need to work in such young minds, such young people within our different spaces so that we ensure that these people, they really do play a role and they are able to make positive mentoring or role modeling within our local spaces or local communities. And at International, we have the likes of greater, of greater, who's doing much around climate justice. But we're not really just saying that those are the ones that are recognized on the international, but the ones that we have even at local, we also need the likes of Rosalie, the likes of Diana, the likes of Natalie going up there, not just doing this activism around their own communities, but expanding their activism so that it's recognized, you know, worldwide, so that the, that the work that they're doing is seen not just within a community or not just within a certain organization, but it's identified even far and wide so that they can be able to make positive impact within the lives of young people and young women that they come into contact with and that they can be able to impact. So I think these are some of the things that can be done around climate change and climate justice. And I'll also emphasize on the issue of redistribution of unpaid care work within our different spaces. Because even with climate change, it means that it's going to bring more of on the side of unpaid care work for women. So we need to redistribute this burden so that it doesn't really have to be too heavy on women. but within a household, we should be able to redistribute the burden of work to ensure that women can be able to be productive as well in the household so that things flow better. Thank you for listening to this podcast and make sure that you do share with your friends, to do share with your family and do add in your input. I would really like to hear from you on what you think that should be done around climate justice, especially focusing on women and what women can be able to do in ensuring that there is a step towards
climate justice in they are totally involved in the decision making how the women can be able to be part of the decision making table from their different communities and how this can be able to be done and thank you for listening